0: 10 for BYU, four-man rush,
1: throwing it over the middle, it's caught, Andrew George, touchdown BYU. You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
0: Wow. Time to transition to the Cougar Preview Show, we do it every Wednesday from 12 to 2. Tomorrow, it'll be the Ute Preview Show. And both shows will be talking about the same game. It's Utah-BYU, the rivalry week. Uh, it is back on. And joining us now on the Smart Ring guest line, the man who completed that pass to Andrew George, signifying the last time BYU won this game uh, in this rivalry back in 2009. Max Hall, kind enough to join us. Max, how are you? Hey,
2: Coach. Hey, guys. How you doing?
0: Do you like that term, Coach? Is that, uh, is that, has that been fitting well? Do you enjoy that side of the uh, side of the, uh the field and that's that that occupation i do
2: i really do man i've learned to really come to love it um it's a lot different than playing i get more nervous for games as a coach than i did as a player and um a little bit more stressed out about stuff but uh i love it man there's nothing better than being down on the field during the game friday night night lights is pretty cool so yeah man i'm enjoying i'm enjoying the title for sure
3: you know, Scotty, I used to go down and watch BYU practice and watch Max and Dennis Pitta. They were the ultimate competitors. And used to watch them, just loved watching them because they were competitors. And I got to watch Max Hall coach uh, this summer, just kind of watch him interact with kids. And I'm telling you, Coach, you are a better coach than you ever were a player, man. It's, it's fun to watch you influence right. these kids. That, that has to be, uh, that has to be a, a real mark of accomplishment for you.
2: You know, I really do like it. It gives me a way to, you know, with with everything as a player, and if I can take all that information and knowledge and experience and give it to somebody else, um, especially kids, you know, trying to make their way, that's what's fun. And then seeing kids, you know, mentoring them, seeing them coming up. And then plus everything that I've been through in life, right? So I feel like I have a lot that I can give back to the game of football and give back to, uh, you know, especially these high school kids that I coach, man. So it's it's big time satisfying I'm, I'm doing the right thing i'm doing what i'm supposed to be doing for sure
3: how often do you stop coach detmer and remind him that you're the winningest quarterback in byu history Is that <laughs> does that happen often
2: <laughs> well <laughs> probably a few times a day i just kind of need
3: to like, him <laughs> in, let him
2: know a little bit say, you can throw for as many yards as you want man but you know it's that win column right so <laughs>
3: it's the w man it's all no. about the w Heck no, man. How can you
2: say that to a Heisman Trophy winner, dude? You know, we, we have a blast coaching together. Yeah, we kind of talk trash and pick at each other. But at the end of the day, man, Ty is awesome. And uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun coaching with him. He's been a great addition to what we're doing down here. He's doing a great job.
0: So let's go back and uh, hop back in the time machine back to 2009. That completion to Andrew George, you had some great games, some fun games against, against uh, the University of Utah. But – Is that game pretty much at the top of your list as some of your favorites there at BYU?
2: Oh, for sure. I mean, how how does the rivalry game not be at the top of the list? I mean, obviously we had some other big wins, you know, some Pac-12 wins, Oklahoma. But there is nothing like the BYU-Utah game. There's nothing like the week leading up to the game, how you feel the night before in the hotel how you're feeling in the locker room before the game, running out, warm-ups. It is just a completely different environment and different feel than any other football game that I've ever played in. It's it's electric. And, um, you know, that's why they talk about every team going into this game. Hey, if we can manage the turnovers and the penalties and keep our emotions in check, that gives us a better chance to win the game because emotions are running high. Um, it's it's – the rivalry is, is – Personal, I think to a lot of people, it was personal to me when I was playing for sure. So you get kind of that, you know, that meanness into the rivalry, but I, it is awesome. It is awesome. There's nothing like it. It's one of the best rivalries in college football, in my opinion.
3: So in that play, you hit Andrew George at, at some point, did Dennis Pitta come to you and say, Hey, I'm on the field too. Like, can you? <laughs> yeah. or, or, or was Utah just dialing up Dennis all game?
2: No, he he definitely he didn't even join the dog pile. He just complained, walked into the locker room, <laughs> threw his helmet off. He was pissed. <laughs> no, I'm I'm joking. No, Dennis isn't like that at all. You know that was you know having Andrew there with Dennis. I think made Dennis it, it gave him more opportunities because who are you going to key on? Right? Okay, we're going to start keying on Dennis. That leaves Andrew one on one, or it leaves McKay Jacobson one on one, or you know whoever else. So. No, he was not like that at all. Having those two tight ends, that tandem my senior year, was made my life a lot easier because we always had mismatches and I had two guys who could make plays. So um, it just happened to be Andrew's number that was called for that play, and, man, did he take advantage of it. So.
3: Hey, I, I just got a text from Harvey Young. He said, please remind Max I had 120 yards in that game. So, no, I'm just kidding. He didn't, he didn't, <laughs> Harvey didn't really text me, but... Harvey Unger was something, wasn't he, on that team? Oh, man, yeah, yeah that's funny. Harvey, Harvey's the man. I mean, he
2: – Harvey, we have we- – I'm still very close with Harvey. Uh, I consider him a close friend, and we had a lot of fun playing together. You look at some of the plays he had in those games. I mean, you go back to the game our sophomore year, 2007, where he had that run to win the game into the end zone after the fourth and 18 play. Um, You look at some of the runs and some of the things he did in the game our senior year. He's just he's a beast, and he's a guy who stepped up in big-time games when we needed him to, and um, Matt was lucky playing with him, too. I had – Hans, I, was, I, I wasn't I was that good. I just had a lot of really oh, good geez. dudes around me. It made me
0: look pretty good, so Max. I'll take it. <laughs> uh,
3: nobody's believing that, man. One of the most competitive quarterbacks I've ever watched play the game. Scotty, you know
0: that. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. And that's what made you made it so much fun to watch you because, you know, you talk about keeping emotions in check and, and the emotions that you had out on the field and the competitive drive. And, and uh, I mean, you're up big in that game. You got a two-touchdown lead going into the fourth quarter and Utah rallies they tie it up and then they take the lead late uh, or you know then they take the lead into overtime and you've got to score a touchdown to win that game and 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 the emotions you know during the game and watching the wild swings of momentum in that game Jeez. i mean people forget <laughs> just how crazy i mean they think about the last play but that game overall was just intense and crazy
2: it was intense. The anxiety was high all game long. A two-touchdown lead didn't matter, obviously. They came right back, scored. We go to overtime. They kick a field goal, and I'm going, holy crap. We were just up two touchdowns. Now we're down three, and this is it <laughs> in overtime, right? This is here we go. But you know what's funny about it is I remember taking a moment, you know, and, and trying to soak in the situation and, and where I was at. And I remember just kind of smiling to myself and being like, this is awesome. This what I have a I have a fantastic opportunity in front of me right here. Whether we win or we don't, I'm gonna take a second. I'm gonna soak this in. okay, Smile to myself and be like, man, all the all the hard work and preparation comes down to moments like these. So why be nervous? Just go out, know that you've been prepared, go out and execute and have fun and um, trust your guys that they'll make some plays, and that's exactly what happened. So, um, But it, it's a game and a moment that I will always remember for sure.
0: Well, and those are those are the moments you grow up in the backyard playing with your family and your buddies, recreating for those kind of moments. And when you get in those moments, and this is probably, you know, the message you probably tell your kids too, like, You've been preparing for this your whole life. When you're seven years old, you know, throwing throwing it around and pretending it's the last minute, no time on the clock, touchdown to win the game. That's what people live for, and to be able to live through that, I got to imagine is just incredible.
2: Oh, I felt so blessed uh, for the way things turned out for me in that game. I mean, I didn't I didn't have a great game statistically in that game. I typically never did in the Utah games have great games statistically, but. Um, In the two games that we won, we were able to find ways to make plays to win the game. And, yeah, I absolutely was that kid out in the front yard, you know, fourth down or whatever, no time on the clock, or it's overtime, and I got to throw a touchdown pass. So to have an opportunity to actually live that moment and have success in that moment, that's why it's so special to me, and I'll never forget it. It's just once-in-a-lifetime opportunity.
3: So I had to live in the shadow of Hall of Famer and Pro Bowler Merlin Olson. You had to live in the shadow of amazing Dallas Cowboy legend Danny White as an uncle. <laughs> did did what was growing up? Was he a mentor to you? Did you did you used to want to be like him? Uh, was he an inspiration? Like, what was his influence in your life? Because my story with Merlin is probably a lot different than yours.
2: um yeah so uncle danny and i had a great relationship man i mean when you have an uncle danny white who had the success he had i always kind of wanted to be around him and and talk to him and and he was he was great to me as a kid you know i remember i first telling him that i wanted to play quarterback and being out um and in my grandpa's backyard and he's teaching me how to throw a football to him calling me or talking to me about high school games or even just coming to my high school games, coming to BYU games to support me. um, Man, I just, he he was always there and, and willing to do whatever he could for me. So I looked up to him a lot, obviously, because of the type of guy he is and what he accomplished. And having someone like that, um, Kind of looked to. I, I think helped me out a lot. So I, I had a good experience with mine. And I'm interested sure to hear what you have to say right now, though.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I just my uncle taught me the head slap without a helmet, and <laughs> 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 he, he, he was he was great. Merlin was was so great, but he, he was so busy. Um, you know, just yeah. busy with. Uh, he he was Mr. Hollywood, and, and so we didn't we didn't have a lot of time to exchange a, a, a ton of pleasantries but the time we got together he was obviously having uncles like that it's it makes it hard to live up to him. it's very difficult yeah. to live up to them but at the same time their influence kind of drives us and I think you probably had the same experience kind of drives us to want to be like them
2: yeah absolutely I mean you hit it right on I, I just I remember growing up and even even still when I first got to BYU it was you know Max Hall nephew of Danny White and to be honest with you, that that never bugged me. I always I always kind of was proud of that, and kind of wanted to make him and 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 my parents and the rest of my family all proud for
0: you know representing them. So I, it was always a good thing for me. Do you? I mean, I, I know you are Mr. Preparation. You're always working hard to prepare for a game. But did you spend a little extra time in the film room? Did you spend a little extra time in practice on a on, a, on before a before the Utah game? Was there just a little extra you tried to put in for a game like that?
2: <laughs> yes, but that started about two days after the loss. Of junior year is when it started. I can't yeah. say how many times I watched the game. Uh, I ended up watching wow. their whole season. Um, very rarely did a day, a week, or maybe even a day go by where I wasn't even either thinking about it or watching film or preparing or already coming up with ideas. So by the time the game week got there, there was already a lot of preparation in my mind leading into that game of how I could have played better or what we could have done better offensively. And I remember meeting with coaches and doing all that. So, And, again, it wasn't the greatest game statistically, but we figured out a way to get it done and pull it off my senior year. But, yeah, after what happened to me my junior year, I was on a mission, man, for sure.
3: So, Coach, if I'd have told you, um, after that game, if I'd have told you 2021, this will be the last win that BYU will have coming into the 2021 season, would you have even believed it?
2: I would not have, no. Absolutely not. Um, not for that long of a period of time. Um, I, I think I, – I mean – I I could be wrong here, but pretty sure the years leading up to me and then my years, it was always pretty much a battle. It wasn't too one-sided during that period of time. I think it kind of the nineties, early two thousands, it was back and Mm -hmm. forth a lot. And I just never thought that one team would get to the point to where they're going to dominate the game for a decade. I mean, I know it's been 12 years, but it's nine games, right? Am I correct on that? Yep. Nine games that, that, that we've lost. So, um, I would never have guessed it. Uh, it's It's crazy to me that we're even here. Um, however, I, i'm I'm hearing good things and and I, I like our where we're at going into this game, and maybe this is the year where we can turn it around.
0: I'm sorry. I've got to ask you this, and I know that uh, I'm sure you've been asked this by a bunch of people, but Walking into that post-game press conference, were you pretty much bound and determined to say what you what you what you needed to get off your chest?
2: <laughs> I was like a bull seeing red. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. there was nothing else going on. Charged up. Um, I had I had so much emotion going through me. The year leading up to the game, the week, the day. Um, And then all the emotion of what happened after the win and and rushing the field and everything that happened there, and I think it all just spilled out finally um, a a year later. And, you know, I had kept in some of that, whatever you want to call it, hate or frustration or just whatever for a year. And um, that's when I told you earlier when I said it was personal. That game was personal to me. That was more than a football game. That was something bigger. And so, um, yeah, I definitely was still seeing Red going into that press conference. And I think I remember even apologizing to Duff as
0: I was walking in there. I just said, hey, Duff, I apologize in advance. And he, oh, he that tried. was the other thing oh, I was going to ask. That's See, legendary. I, I, I thought that was yeah. like an urban legend. I didn't know that, yeah, it actually happened. I'd heard that somewhere that you had said you had given Duff a heads up that it was going to get real. But I didn't know if yeah. that was going to be my next question, if that actually happened.
2: That, yeah, I did say that. I didn't know what was going to come out of my mouth, to be honest with you. Um, I just know I was still fired up, and that's what ended up coming out. So, um, part of it, I misspoke. You know, I, I think the biggest thing is when I called out the whole university, that was wrong for me to say. That was absolutely wrong. Um, but it was directed mainly towards mainly towards the fans, if I'm being honest, and, and what had happened to me and my family the previous year. So, it all came out, man, and um, emotions of, of leading up to it, the emotions of winning the game, and Um, so I tell people all the time, though, those comments have kept me, uh, almost in legendary status because no one will forget those same comments. (laughs) And then guys like you, every Utah week comes around, I'm getting phone calls like crazy. So it keeps me, I guess, uh, it keeps me somewhat important around the BYU community. So I'll take it. (laughs)
3: There's, There's no question it does coach, but obviously, you know, things have gone so well for you. We're so happy. That you are where you are, coaching with Coach Detmer, and and having a blast and doing your thing. Uh, before we let you go, is is Jaron Hall? Is, does he have it? I mean, does he have that it factor? Because you know that that edge you played with, that's the edge. And and you and I have that one thing in common. You know, we both won that game our senior year. That was mm-hmm. that, that meant everything to me. I had that same grind and drive, and and so did Brandon yeah. Doman, our quarterback that won it for us my senior year, Um, there's a different edge. There's a different level that you have to take into this rivalry game specifically as the quarterback that's leading it. Do you think that Jaron Hall has any of that?
2: I hope so. And from from being around him, what I've seen and what I've heard some of the coaches and, and, and players say, I think he does. Um, he needs to bring that to the table this week, though. He needs to make it somewhat personal and take some pride in his preparation, not only for himself, but for his team. Are they mentally and emotionally going to be ready for this game, not just X's and O's? Can they control those emotions and then play with passion like like it's all or nothing sort of a deal, right? And I hear he's that type of a guy. He's a competitor. He probably doesn't show it as much as maybe you or I did. Um, but I know he's got it in there. So the question is, can he use that to his advantage and perform on Saturday? And uh, at least he's got his last name going for him. So because of that,
0: I'm going to for sure say, yeah, this dude's got it, man. He's going to get it done. Hey, you know, just, you know, from your perspective as a player and now as a coach, is that stuff, are you born with that or you can you, can you develop that as a player?
2: That's a great question, and That's both sides question. of that get debated. They get debated a lot, and a lot of people will tell you, look, man, that's something that you either have or you don't. Um, But I I also think that it's something that you could have, but it needs to be coached into you on how to do it. You know, a, a perfect example is, you know, a lot of people, they don't want their quarterbacks playing pissed off or with a lot of emotion. I had to play like that. I had to play with a lot of emotion and with kind of a chip on my shoulder, and I played better. Some quarterbacks will play better, smoother, under control. So, I mean, it, it all just depends. But I think if you've gotten to yourself that far to where you're a starting quarterback for a school like BYU, that means you got it. And it means that you you, you have in the arsenal to use, and that's why you're leading the team going into this game on Saturday.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate it, Max. Thanks for your time. Thanks for joining us. And uh, look forward to catching up again here soon. This has been a fun conversation.
2: Absolutely, you guys. I guess we'll see you next year then for Utah. Planning <laughs> <next> year, <so.
3: laughs> hey, hey, proud no. of you, Coach. Uh, really proud of you, Coach. And and keep up your season out there. Uh, let Coach Detmer know that uh, he didn't get a call from us to come on the show. So you, you must have a slight advantage here.
2: okay uh, i'll tell him hi hands for sure i'll tell hi for you but hey you guys are great i'd love to be on anytime you want me but thanks for having me and um go kooks
0: there you go man max hall fun conversation
3: right here on the zone sports network that's a good dude that's a good dude and that's a guy that has been through the refiner's fire and He's one of those guys that goes through that refiner's fire and comes out on the other end, just ready to help everybody that's in a situation like his. Yeah, is he? has been there and he's been there at the highest level, a public figure, and all the things he's dealt with. You know, the that post game conference was the least of issues that happened from that moment and toward towards a a pretty drastic fall before a rise. Yeah, and people like that have my heart and my full respect. I know we make fun of Ryan Leaf because he made a prediction that Washington would go undefeated, but Ryan Leaf has a special place in my heart. Um there are a lot of public figures that go through it that have a different level of understanding than you have, yeah. than I have yeah. that can help people that are going in it in it. And and I think that Max Hall is in the perfect he's in the perfect place to help youth identify issues, correct those issues, straighten up before they even get going on any type of yeah. path that could take them yep, down. Yeah, absolutely. And he's good, man. I had such a blast talking to him at, at uh, this camp that Rock was a part of. He's part of Dustin Smith's crew mm-hmm. and the Q- QB Elite. And and he obviously, Scotty, you can tell from that interview, he's, he's on top of life right now. Yeah. He's, he's owning life, and he's doing a great job with it.
0: Twelve twenty six. Hansen and Scotty down here at Tim Daly Infinity. It's your Cougar Preview show, counting you down to BYU and Utah. The rivalry week is here, and uh, we continue to break it down again. Stop by these vehicles. <clears throat> you can get a uh, Infinity with zero percent financing. You can get a great lease option on an Infinity. You can find a used Infinity. Uh, you owe it to yourself to drive an Infinity. It'll change your life. So all you have to do is come down and check them out and uh, find out what's best for you. Also, we got jazz gear as well. Get a shirt, get a hat, whatever you need. Let's get you geared up for the start of the jazz season right here on the Zone Sports Network.
1: Ready, 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 ready game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. Ace, ace. For the first time in two years, it's rivalry week. Kyle Whittingham and the Utes look to make it 10 in a row against the Cougars as the Utes head to Provo for another showdown with BYU. Your home for the best Holy War coverage is right here on the Zone Sports Network. Ah. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference. Nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Back into the game and so um good news is he's not out for the year we'll see how he, he goes day to day over the weekend's been tough on him doubtful for the game but you never know what could happen from you know in the next four to five days we'll see what happens i think everybody else that were banged up in the game came back and, and finished so you know we have some guys that are a little sore and everything they just gotta get better and be ready to play
1: You're listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hans and Scotty, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. It is your Cougar Preview Show. That is Kalani Sataki talking about Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney missed that game, or uh, dealing with injuries. Um, uncertain as to whether or not he'll be back coming up this week, but... I'd say uh, without him, uh, without the uh, Nakua brothers, who I guess Kalani did say, though, he anticipates those guys being back in the lineup coming up on Saturday. He mentioned that after the game. But that was some serious uh, lack of of wide receivers that Utah was – or the BYU was working with against Arizona. Fortunately, Neil Powell was there to pick up the slack.
3: Yeah, Neil's so good. And um, BYU's lucky to have Neil. Uh, As far as Gunnar Romney's concerned – I did a little bit of BYU Arizona film uh, review. I'm going to do more. Uh, I just, in fact, Johnny. Like it put, is
0: posted. Just posted. The Utah stuff is
3: posted. Okay, so Utah Weaver State game film is all posted at 1280 com, and you can go and look at the videos. Click
0: everywhere. on the Hands Film Study button on the top of the webpage, and it will take you right to uh, the, where it has a link to the uh, – Utah-Weber State game, click on that, and you've got all of the videos that you can watch for yourself.
3: I did a lot of protection breakdowns, uh, really reviewed Brewers game, it went over some of the stuff from Mika Tafua and Brant Keithy so, and, and, and Thomas. So there's some good video out there if you're interested on what happened in that Utah-Weber State game. Oh, and I went over the kick return, how Weber State executed the kick return for a touchdown which if, if you and I get a little bit of time, I'd love to break that down because it was really interesting. But um, I don't this, – this is my gut, uh, and, and I feel pretty strongly about this gut feeling. I don't expect Gunnar Romney to be on the field, and that is a big blow for BYU's offense. Yeah. Uh, my gut tells me that Keenan Ellis won't be on the field and that might be even a bigger blow than not having Gunnar Romney because Keenan was a guy that if you are looking at a couple of offensive or defensive schemes that you want to throw the house at somebody, Keenan is a guy that you could have put over the top of Nakua and, and at least got some some heavy action. There are other guys that are still back there working their butts off, and they're probably ticked off that I'm even mentioning – any step in production with Keenan Ellis off the field. But that's a brutal loss uh, for the rivalry week. So I think that BYU is – BYU's got a couple of knocks against them with personnel that I don't expect to see on the field. Max Hall brought up something that I just need to – expound on just a little bit and that is the heart that goes into this game there's a unique level of heart and it's tested it's tested more in this game than it was in any game in my career mm-hmm. except for maybe the Utah State games but I think that was unique to me Scotty because I'm an Olson and going to Logan and playing Utah State was really difficult for me so my heart was always tested in those rivalry games. I went 4-0 and against Utah State, and in my in my on-field time, 2-2 two and two against Utah, in my full time at Utah, 3-2. and two. Got to win my senior year. How do I know those numbers? Because those were the most important games to those me. Those numbers matter to you. Those yeah. numbers matter to me. So there's an, another level of heart that goes into this game. And I know that Kalani Satake is one of the most amazing men I've ever been around in my life he loves people he loves everybody I'm hoping that there's a gear with this entire staff on the backside of things saying nine games 11 years this game means something more I played in it Kalani was a senior with me when we won that that game our final year And there were tears of joy not only coming out of Kalani and I's eyes, but everybody in that locker room because that game meant so much to us. And and it had more meaning because it was LaBelle Edwards' last rivalry game, and we knew it. And we had sucked the rest of the year and embarrassed him ending up the the year, whatever we were, 7-5. Were you
0: 5-6 going into that game? Or did you play 11 games back then?
3: I know we played twelve. Oh, okay, so I think we were six and six, maybe.
0: So you needed that. Or, or win. Oh no, we were we were five and six. You we, needed we, that win to get to six and six. Because you knew if you lost, it'd be a losing record. A losing record, yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah. It, it was it some in that range. And there's another there's another gear and there's another ch- like check that hits in that game. And Kyle Whittingham, to me, he is the common denominator. Now, Kalani and Sataki and Aaron Roderick were a part of this streak that they started. So they know what Kyle Winningham went through when Max Hall and Andrew George beat him in overtime. And the resolve that Kyle Winningham showed. And I think that it, it pours out of him, even though he might not be saying it to his players, it pours out of him. And those players recognize it. And their guts are checked and their hearts are checked. And at the end of the day, they've shown that last gear. Because how many times is it a two-point conversion for a win by Taysom Hill? It was a two-point conversion.
0: Yep. He's a yard away.
3: He's a yard away. And they win. Game's over. Yep. Streak's over. Streak's over. Game's over. And and that would have ended the streak at, like, four. Yeah. 15,
0: 16, around there. I, 15. There. I think so, it was 2015. So maybe yeah, four or five. five. Yeah,
3: but they've always had that extra bit of heart that shows in the rivalry game. They can act like it doesn't matter. They can act like the Pac-12 championship is more important. There is a new, not another level of athleticism that I think Utah's picked up. I know our BYU fans get really irritated about the gap. The gap has closed a bit. It has. It but is, it's still there. It, it is closed a bit. But it's still there. There's still a lot of athleticism on Utah's end of things. But, but right now, BYU's got a very good group of, of players, the best group of players I've seen against a Utah team maybe since that Max Hall victory. So they've got a good chance, but you're going to get tested. At some point, you're going to get tested. Um, Greg Rubel, who works with KSL and has also been the voice of the Cougars for many, many years,
0: year after you left was his first year.
3: He just tweeted out.
0: Yes, the turnover tweet.
3: Yeah, do you have that?
0: Yeah. So over nine straight losses to Utah, BYU has more than twice as many turnovers as the Utes. Turnovers during the streak, BYU with 29 turnovers, Utah with 14. Of those 29 turnovers, nine were defensive touchdowns by Utah. Of Utah's 14 turnovers, zero were defensive touchdowns.
3: That's staggering. It really is. That's breathtaking. That Kyle Whittingham's defenses have stepped up and said, nope, we get it. We know what this game means, and it's not going to happen. And, and they have made a play that has shifted the way these, these rivalry games have gone. Nine defensive touchdowns? As many defensive touchdowns as you got in the winning streak right now? How many how many turnovers did you say total? 29 to 14.
0: That, half, half of those seemed like they came in that Vegas Bowl in the first quarter too. <laughs> wasn't there two of How many of BYU the 14? offensive yeah.
1: touchdowns in that in that span?
0: No, yeah, but didn't, wasn't there like two pick sixes in the first quarter of that Vegas Bowl? Yeah. Cuz they weren't Utah jumped out to like a 21 nothing lead right out of the gate.
3: I think it was two pick sixes in the first half. Yeah. who Was the was that Tanner Mangum?
0: Um, I believe it was Tanner. It yeah. was
3: Tanner? Oh, man. But I do remember thinking if there were four more quarters in this game. Yeah, but they came back. <laughs> I know. They did. I just remember it was like, one more quarter. I'm thinking, yeah, at least. Yeah, you're going to need at least that.
0: It was, holy smokes. It was 35 to nothing after the first quarter. I'd forgotten all about this. So, Joe Williams, one yard touchdown run. Tevin Carter, 28 yard interception return. Joe Williams, one yard run. Dominique Hatfield, 46 yard interception return. Travis Wilson, 20 yard touchdown run. So, two pick sixes in the first quarter. It was 35 to nothing after the first quarter. Utah would not score again and win the game 35 to 28.
3: They didn't score again after that.
0: Yeah, that's a – man, I forgot how weird that game was.
3: It was a crazy game. And I did feel like BYU was, you know, starting to really push back. Um, You know what it reminded me of? Do you remember in Terminator 2 when she's up on the platform with the shotgun and she's doing the one hand, you know, pull back on that shotgun? Yep. And keeps shooting that dude made of metal, and he keeps walking backwards towards that lava. And then she goes for one more, and it clicks. And it clicks, and there's not another bullet. And BYU did not have the Terminator behind them to fire an explosive round into the metal man that sent him into the molten metal where he would be gone forever. Great reference. It was just like that.
0: It took a while to get there, but I got you back on this. Was that okay? That was okay. Yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd burn the rest of the show with it. Lloyd is shaking his head. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> no, it was just like it, exactly.
3: <laughs> I burned the rest of the show with it. But hey,
0: that was the uh, that was the sh- we did. Um, I don't know if that was the first or the second time where we did our uh, the pregame show live down there at Vegas. Those guys were, Vegas Bull was cool enough to let us do the show from down there. Oh, yeah. You and yes. me, I think Christian was down there.
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was that our first year?
1: Wait, was oh, that man. when Je- Chewbacca made bad choices?
0: Yes, that was where the oh. night before, you and I and Christian went to the, uh, went to oh, go see Star Wars, <laughs> the new one. And you walked. That was that game? Yeah, and you walked out midway. Well, actually, like three That's minutes. That's the Don't Start Nothing Won't Be Nothing? Yes, that was it. Yep.
3: Holy moly. That was a long time ago. And
0: didn't, I think Tom Hackett ran his mouth a little bit too?
3: Yep. Yeah, Tom took, got up and took the mic and those guys were having a blast. That whole environment was fun. Might have been my favorite, my favorite bowl game to ever cover. Yeah. In fact, I think it was my favorite bowl game to ever cover. Uh, That felt like a great
1: example of, of how loose Utah was versus how tight BYU was. They seemed, Utah seemed really loose in that environment.
3: Yeah, they did. Hey, is that the year Utah beat Duke?
0: Yes, I think so. Where we were down there doing, we were down there doing the show and uh, we had, uh, I think it was our good friends over at um, uh, Ryan and the Dish, the Dish Bros, Dish Bros yeah. hooked us up with some satellite service. We were, so we were showing that Utah-Duke game where Utah got that win.
3: That was a good day for University of Utah. Really good
0: half. Really good first really quarter. Really good first quarter. You believe that? 35 nothing, and you don't score
3: again the rest of the game. Well, there's got to be a whole other level in heart. And there's going to be a gut check. Because I don't think BYU is going to win this game off athletic talent. And I think they've got... Some of the most athletic talent they've had. I think they've got the best linebacking core, maybe not the best individual linebackers, but the best best linebacking core since since the last victory. So I think we're lining up for. I think we're up an, for
0: a classic an here,
3: an all timer. Yeah.
0: Hands hey, and Scotty 1246 this is 975 1280 the zone uh, if you missed it James Emphy you'll hear that conversation coming up again today at 105 it's all right here on 975 1280 the zone and the zone sports network
1: the big show the big show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson our weekly conversation. Our friend Mason Wake. So Mason, give us the top three reasons the Cougars will beat the Utes and as you guys are more handsome, one of them.
3: (laughs) Man, you guys are trying to get me
2: to say something, but I don't know. These are going to get out the mute and some guys are going to be pissed off. But I guess one could just be they've won nine straight and we're just motivated to go out there and play. We're at home. There's not much I could say. There's just going to be a lot of energy from both sides. Everyone's going to want to win. That's a hard question, but
1: we'll just have to see. You can't stand those Utes. Nah, I wanna beat them. I
2: cannot stand them. That's just our mentality. We are not friends this week.
1: Catch the big show. Weekdays from two to seven. Presented by Big O Tires, the team you trust on 975-1280 the zone in the Zone Sports Network. Listening to the Cougar Preview Show with Hans and Scotty on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and the Zone Sports Network.
0: Hans and Scotty here on 97.5, 1280, The Zone and the Zone Sports Network, 1253. It's your Cougar Preview Show. Uh, Going through, I just posted the uh, scoring summary of that game back in 2015 when Utah was up 35 0 on BYU. Forgotten that Francis Bernard had a ten-yard touchdown run in that game. That's just for BYU, and then finishes his career as a linebacker, a he very
3: was, good linebacker.
0: Yeah, he did have a pick six in the rivalry game. That's oh right. Oh my
3: gosh, you guys are bringing up some incredible memories. But I did not remember he had a rushing touchdown for BYU. Yeah, was that that was in that bowl game? That was in that bowl game. <laughs> Man, this this rivalry game has so many great twists and turns, so many great memories. I I specific that Francis Bernard pick six was that not the first play of the game or thereabouts? I believe it was it their was, first score, and it was, it was it was it was against Zach Wilson, correct? Yep, correct. If I'm not mistaken, it was in the first drive. It, it might have been the first pass attempt from Zach Wilson because I remember thinking. If you were to draw up the worst possible way for BYU to start a game against Utah in this rivalry, and, it, and it, I remember it meant something to Francis. Like, we I, talked to Max Hall.
0: So it was actually in the second quarter. Utah kicked a field goal. BYU kicked a field goal. It was 3-3, and then five minutes into the second quarter, Francis Bernard, 58-yard interception return. Wow.
3: So it was a tied score, and he steps in front of yep. – I, if it was a throw out to the flats, wasn't it? Uh, that I do not remember. It was. Right.
1: In fact, actually, he had pressure, and he was going down. He was on his way falling down oh, for it, and he tried to right. pass it over the top.
3: That's right. Good memory. Scrambling out and tried, and tried to lob it over the top. And it was a game changer.
0: Uh, by the way, Zach Wilson threw two pick sixes in that game. Julian Blackman had a 39-yard pick six in that game.
3: Nine defensive scores for Utah in this streak
0: so yeah there's four right there you go to 2015 and 2019
3: yeah but there's still five more i know (laughs) there's still five more to be distributed it's crazy how utah has has controlled this game defensively over so many years
0: you know and and i know kyle winningham's going to say this all the time but it really just comes down to turnovers it's just crazy how difference that how much of a difference this it makes whoever wins that turnover battle usually ends up winning the game because more often than not, Utah's turning those turnovers into, into points.
3: Yep. And then it has to – It's, but it's not like Kalani and Bronco haven't hammered that into their teams over the last nine yeah. games. You know, they. it's not like they forgot that aspect throughout the week of preparation. Yeah. We're going to focus on a lot of things this week, boys, but – We're not going to worry ourselves with ball security.
0: Here's the pick six, by the way. He's falling down, getting tackled, and just kind of flings it out in the flat. And then, boom, right there. Not a great throw by Zach.
3: But a huge moment for Francis Bernard. Did Francis end up in the NFL for any period of time? I thought he
0: hung in there for a bit. I can't remember. But But for BYU... I don't know if, you know, you always talk about who's got the most pressure in this game, and I think BYU comes at it from, hey, look, if I'm a player at BYU, I want to be the guy that's known to snap the streak. I want to be the guy on the team that said, boom, this thing ends now, and you have every former player, whether it's Max Hall or Kyle Van Noy or all these guys that have so much history with Utah, sending you a text saying, hey, thanks for being the guy that snapped it. Yeah, You want to be that team. And for, BY, for Utah, on the other hand, you don't want to be receiving the text from former players like, you're the one, you're the team that lost this. I mean, that's a lot of pressure on Utah and a lot of pressure on those players. Now, look, in the grand – Who's sch-
3: got more pressure?
0: Uh, Utah, I think. Because BYU, they're not, they're not favored. They're expected to lose. For Utah, they're expected to win. And the thing is, for Utah, in the grand scheme of things, this doesn't really – this game is not significant to their hopes of going to the Rose Bowl or winning a Pac-12. Like, this is just a non-conference game for Utah. This doesn't, you know, their success Maybe if you want to go to the college football playoff, this game has some meaning to it. But in the grand scheme of what Utah wants to accomplish this year, it's really not high on the list. However, I mean, the game against USC here in a bit is going to be much more meaningful than this BYU game.
3: But you need to be undefeated. At you need point.
0: to be undefeated to make that game count. And you do not want to be the team that gives up that streak. No.
3: So you brought it up that Utah was favored. Just looking at the, their seven-point favorite in the Edwards Stadium. I was looking at the, you know, they've got that college football predictor, the yeah. matchup predictor. Utah's a 60.7% favorite to BYU's 393 it is a seven-point favorite for the University of Utah, and you've got a two hundred and uh, let's see, you, no, sorry, you've got a yeah, you've got a, a plus two twenty money line, and your over/under set at forty-nine. Ooh, low scoring. They think. They think it's
0: going to be low. Stay scoring. in the twenties. Does anybody? Does somebody score thirty points in this game?
3: No. Mm-mm. No, I've already got. I've got my prediction made. You want to hold on to that till tomorrow? I'll hold on to it. I'll probably hold on to it until the pre post game that you're hosting.
0: Oh, come on. We gotta do over unders tomorrow.
3: Is that tomorrow?
0: Oh yeah, it is tomorrow. By the way, I haven't talked to Frank. Is he planning on coming tomorrow? I I,
3: I would imagine. I hope so. I imagine he'll just show up.
1: So we doing that. the uh whatchamacallit
0: then? The shakedown?
3: The shakedown? No. Or is that happening? No. Nope. Well,
0: we'll do the shakedown. He just can't bring shakes. Yeah, well, well yes. Bring, they're going to melt. Yeah.
1: No, no. And let's I, do the and, Pac-12 shakedown because as we go through the Pac-12.
0: Look, Scotty. I want to talk, talk Pac-12 North with him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> he, he loves that. Yeah. Scotty and I have an alliance right now that goes much deeper than the three conferences that just came together on a handshake. We yeah. have... A no shake alliance going on right. Oh, now. I,
1: I've I feel like Frank could uh, infiltrate that. <laughs> no,
3: <line>. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's he the can. SEC coming in. He can infiltrate he's like, that. He's the SEC. Coming SEC in offering offer. forty
0: million. Frank offering <laughs> some Nelson custard, and I'll be like, I'm done. about See you guys. About about. Ah uh, no, I think we're pretty pretty strict on that one, just for this year. Like. Let us get some. Let us get our houses in order, Frank. Not all of us looks like Frank Dolce. We all wish we did. It's just not the case. Well, you're already second guessing it.
3: A little bit, I am, because I'm like, what if he brings this? Yeah. I'll fight off the custard. Just off the the rights. The custard's overpriced. I'm trying to th- I'm trying to take a stand with that stuff. And trying, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm on an island all alone with this cause. Oh, you
0: are because it's a ridiculous
3: island to be on. It is not. It is the It means a lot to me. Oh, custard prices are more ridiculous than our gas prices right now.
0: But you still buy gas.
3: Cuz I have to have it to get to work. Well, you have to have that
0: custard to survive. I mean, it's really good. And you know I'm not a big ice cream
3: guy, but, man, that stuff is like – they put heroin in that stuff. I know they do, and they charge you for it, and it's the, well, the this, fresh chopped Colombian
0: stuff. The, the street value of that custard is
3: ridiculous. Why not? Heroin's not chopped, is it? I don't know. I, Lloyd? It's cut. Lloyd, is that liquid form? It's cooked. It's cooked. <laughs> uh, I don't know, but – I don't know. I'm going to stand strong with you in this alliance on this handshake agreement that
0: we have. Yeah, just a gentleman handshake handshake agreement. All right, James Empey, you'll hear from him coming up next. We're live here at Tim Daly Infinity, 4550 South State Street. Come by, check out these Infinities. Uh, 0% option, lease options, used inventory, brand new, whatever you're looking for. They've got it here. And uh, you need to check it out for yourself. These are beautiful rides, and it is time to go. Get an infinity. Uh, driving an infinity is an experience. Trust me on that. It's all right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone.